Welcome to the Walk Worthy Podcast, a podcast by Hespler Baptist Church, located in Cambridge, Ontario. Our local church exists to make disciples who walk worthy of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, with the help of the Holy Spirit, to the glory of God the Father. We hope and pray that this is an encouragement to you and to anyone else you share this with. Book of Comfort for Those in Sickness, Chapter 3, helps to our believing that God is a God of comfort. It would be a poor comfort to point out the existence of hindrances unless we believed that they could be overcome and also could show how this might be done. Alas, the poor tried man might say, I know my hindrances only too well. Help me to put them out of the way, and then you will confer on me a favor indeed. This is what I should like now to do. This is a fitting part of a comfort book. Now, one of the most effectual ways of getting rid of these hindrances is to track them out and ascertain whence they come. I have no doubt many of them come from certain depraved thinkings about God, and consequently, the help should come from thinking also only of the right kind. We must keep close to thoughts of God. We must meet Satan's dark thoughts and suggestions about God with bright thoughts about him. For if we do not, he will always be able to bring God up terribly against us. However, we may divert our minds, the evil one will always keep saying, But, ah, what about God? All is not right with him, and what is more, all never can be. But if we have gone to God, and have well-assured thoughts of him, then God can never come before us as a dark shadow, but as light. We shall know him as a father indeed, and if Satan come to vex us with thoughts about him, we shall say, We know who he is, our Father who is in heaven. I consider then God's character as my great help to believing him to be a God of comfort. And first of all, from the mere fact of his being generous, we may judge that he is very likely to be a God of comfort. Everywhere in scripture he is represented to us as a large-hearted God. He is one that has no pleasure in the death of a sinner, but would rather that he turn from his iniquity and lived. He says, Open your mouth wide and I will fill it. The sins and iniquities of my people I will remember no more. How much more generous God is than man? We have remarkably set before us in what he says to the prophet Jeremiah. Have you seen that which backsliding Israel has done? She has gone up on every high mountain and under every green tree, and there played the harlot. And I said after she had done all these things, Turn you unto me. Jeremiah 3, 6 and 7. Others would have said, Be gone. But God said, Return. That was generosity indeed. In the first verse of this chapter, God shows that man's way of treating a person under similar circumstances would be very different. But then he is God and not man, and his ways and thoughts are not like our ways and thoughts. His generosity is altogether beyond ours. Happening to open the concordance this moment, I came upon five texts, one after another, where God is spoken of as being entreated with success. After that, God was entreated for the land, 2 Samuel 21.14. The Lord was entreated for the land, and the plague was stayed, 2 Samuel 24.25. They cried, and he was entreated of them, 1 Chronicles 5.20. Manasseh prayed, and God was entreated of him, 2 Chronicles 33.13. We besought God, and he was entreated of us, Ezra 8.23. God is long-suffering, plenteous in goodness and mercy. And in the parable of the prodigal son, generous dealing is shown to the very full. 
the Father receives the wretched sinner just as he is, and reproaching him not, restores him to favor, and clothes him in the best robe, and kills for him the fatted calf. Now, if I want anything, it is great encouragement to me in going to ask for it that I know I have to deal with a generous person. I feel he will be predisposed to help me, and to deal liberally with me, and to do me good. And let this thought comfort you. There is not one word about God in the Bible that is stingy. You will be sure to get from him simply because he is what he is, whatever he has promised to bestow. And if God be generous, then he will be self-communicative. That is, he will be always outputting good. God is not content with simply having his goodness and keeping it to himself. He spared not his only son, but freely gave him up for us all. And how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? If we had to go to a person for anything, who was actually wanting to give away the very things we needed, what wonderful spirit it would put into us to go to him for what we required. Now, can God have all that would make us happy and comfortable and bestow never a taste on us? Certainly not. Therefore, if you want, he will communicate himself to you. And what he communicates must be himself, must be like himself, and therefore it must be good. It will be the giving of himself to you as you are, and with your particular want. He will pour his streams into all your hollow places, all your dry wells, and on your parched lands, and empty watercourses. Where you are driest and most in want is the place where he will most surely come. Then we may take great comfort from considering that God stands to us in the relation of a father, and forasmuch as he must from his very nature do everything in the best and most perfect manner, and to the fullest extent also, we may be sure he will be to us better than ever any earthly father has been to a son. If any of us of us who are old and have experienced the trials and struggles of life were told that our father had risen from his grave with a thousandfold more love than he ever had to us when he was alive, and with plenty of wealth wherewith practically to show that love, and with wisdom which would effectually prevent his making any mistake, we should have wonderful comfort indeed, no matter what immediate trial were pressing on us. But we have something better. We have a Father in heaven, and he will not come short in the fulfillment of even one of the functions of a parent. Comfort yourself, then, with the thought that the one with whom you have to do is in every way one whose very relationship to you secures your getting what you want. If your father will not comfort you, who will? He is the most likely person to get comfort from, therefore the proper person to go for it. And because he is a father, you may expect all tender comfort. It is through the tender mercy of our God that the day spring from on high has visited us, James tells us that the Lord is very pitiful and of tender mercy, James 5.11. The injunction to be kind to one another, to be tender-hearted, and to forgive one another is all grounded on such things in God, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you, Ephesians 4.32. Now if instead of thus looking at God and all that it is to well forth from him because he is what he is, we look at ourselves and at all that we deserve, we shall have no comfort at all. Comfort will never travel to us by this latter path. We are to look at ourselves, expecting to find all emptiness, and not wanting to make the matter one whit better than it is. 
We must not be surprised or startled or downhearted at realizing this emptiness. It simply arises from our being what we are. If we set about making discoveries concerning ourselves, it will be all in the line of this emptiness, more and more of it the more we look. But all the discoveries of God will be of fullness, and in putting the two together must lie our comfort. Bathe your thoughts, then, in God. Be rich in God, poor in yourselves, but rich in Him. You see what He is. All His nature, all His sayings, all His doings argue comfort. Not comfort for the impenitent and the independent, and for those who think they have no need, but for all who wish to be humble and in want, and to be supplied from a source outside themselves. Say then thus in your communings with yourself, Who knows so well what God is as himself, and all that he has told me leads comfortwards? I will not give God a bad character by expecting only gloom from him. I will not take Satan's opinion about God. What interest can he have but to malign him? I will not take my own deceitful and suspicious and ignorant heart's surmisings about him, for from my poor fallen nature they are sure to be warped. I will throw myself upon God, as he has revealed himself. I will keep my eyes fixed on him, and I will shut them to all else. I will keep to what he has revealed. I can only be what I am, empty. And he can only be what he is, the supplier of that emptiness. Out of his fullness, then, shall I receive. And because he is what he is, I shall have grace to help in every time of need.